Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Crossbody of Work. I am one of your hosts, Evan. I am Javier, the other host. The other host. The host with the most is Javier. And today we are talking about one of the legends of the wrestling business, Dusty Rhodes. Now, Javier, is this pod going to be full of bad Dusty impersonations? This podcast may be full of bad Dusty impersonations. I mean, we're going to have to get there. But when the hard times come up, there's just nothing I can do. I just can't. I can't. I feel like you just can't help it. Um, Dusty Rhodes is just one of those voices that even if you, uh, you you may have only heard it once for like a minute about 10 years ago, but you know the voice and you want to try the voice and everyone tries the voice. Everyone has to give their best shot at the voice. Now, if you've never listened to one of our podcasts before, which is fair, this is episode two. Um, what we do is we take. At least we usually five matches of a of a superstar. Uh, we take five matches of a superstar and we watch them back. And a lot of the times it's wrestlers that we haven't really done a deep dive into before, and we kind of do a deep dive across their whole body of work, hence the name. Talk about our feelings on the matches, what we saw, things we liked, maybe things we didn't like, and kind of if we gained an appreciation for this wrestler, things we learned, maybe on their influence of the, of the wrestling business and history and things like that. Now. We're already switching up the formula because Dusty Rhodes, not the best in-ring technician, and we'll get to that, but we're going to talk mostly, we're going to do three matches and three Dusty promos because Dusty, the king of the promo. Yes, absolutely. Dusty, if Eddie Guerrero is probably the best in-ring worker we'll, we'll end up doing out of this er, the early stages of these podcast episodes, Dusty Rhodes is easily the best talker we're going to do. And not only that, Dusty Rhodes is easily the best talker in the history of professional wrestling. Like, I, just looking back on these, it, it's, we'll get to it, but, but wow. Just wow. So you, you've already come in with, with a hot take on Dusty off the top, because one of the first things I wanted to talk about was your thoughts on Dusty Rhodes. Wh- what was your first introduction to Dusty Rhodes? What do you know about him before you started watching these matches and, and watching these promos? So I didn't even know who Dusty Rhodes, oddly enough, okay. My first ever introduction to Dusty Rhodes was Raw versus SmackDown, I want to say 2006, 2005. The one that had John Cena and Batista on the cover. John Cena's on the red side, Batista's on the blue side. Uh, Dusty Rhodes was one of the legends in that game, and I had no idea who he was. I'd never use him, but I just remember seeing him because I would always pass through him. Uh, and, and yeah, that that was my introduction to Dusty Rhodes. But really, my first introduction to Dusty Rhodes came much later on, uh, when Cody Rhodes started making his uh, stuff on on WWE TV, and they would always like, you know, talk about how he's the son of Dusty and all that jazz. And I'm like, who who's Dusty Rhodes? 
me being a curious wrestling fan, I Google Dusty Rhodes. I find the Hard Times promo. I listen to the Hard Times promo. The Hard Times promo becomes my favorite promo of all time. So that's my thoughts on Dusty Rhodes and how I was introduced to him. I only ever saw Dusty Rhodes in clips that were WWF clips. So I only ever saw him in yellow polka dots Yeah. before I started to be able to do a deep dive into his history. And the way that the WWF used him in that first run is a disservice to how good Dusty is at getting people behind him. And, you know, it was a shot at Dusty, uh, you know, coming in from the rival promotion that Vince McMahon said to put him in polka dots. And we're not going to watch any matches that are Dusty in WWF. We're going to focus on three of his NWA matches because that's like prime Dusty Rhodes. And that's stuff that I've never seen before. But I think the biggest piece that I learned about Dusty was when I got back into wrestling, which was around 2012, there was this new thing called NXT that was really taking off. I heard it was pretty cool. And they would talk about, it's pretty cool. And they would talk about the Performance Center and these promo classes and Dusty's classes and his kids. And I knew about Dusty's kids. I knew that Goldust was one of his sons. I knew that Cody was the other. But hearing about all the work he was doing with these up-and-coming wrestlers in terms of getting their characters across was really cool. And I was like, well, why is this guy in charge of all of the all of the you know character development? What's What makes him so good at character development? And then going back and watching these promos, it all makes sense yeah. as to why they had faith in Dusty to do this. Yeah, yeah. Um... Here's, you know, I, I said my first hot take where I don't even think it's a hot take that Dusty Rhodes is the best talker of all time. Here's my second one. Dusty Rhodes, probably the best pure babyface of all time. Dusty Rhodes, I mean, he was going into these matches. He's, he's got, I mean, even in, in the uh, first match we're, we're going to talk about here with Harley Race, he's, he's, the crowd's on fire for him. Everyone loves Dusty from beginning to end. I mean, he, he came out in that match uh, as the manager for, for the Rhodes brothers uh, against the Shield, and he, even then he's getting a pop. You know, Dusty, from beginning to end, was always a pure babyface, and he was always the pure, beloved guy. And, and you know, it, you think about guys who, who are in the conversation for, uh, you know, biggest babyface, or best babyfaces, pure babyfaces of all time. You've got your, your Stone Colds, you've got your... Hogan's, you've got your uh, your Cena's, uh, you know those guys. But I'm talking just pure babyface. Dusty Rhodes never really had any heel tendencies. You know, uh, you know he did he did some Definitely. things in his promos that that sort of like ripped into people. But like in the end, I mean, he's ripping into Ric Flair. He's ripping into the Horseman. Probably the nastiest. Who doesn't people. want to rip into Ric Flair? Yeah. Like, and, and, you know, you've got Stone Cold, who always told the line there between heel and babyface. Hogan, who was a heel, who everyone just liked, pretty much. I don't know why the heck Hulk Hogan counts as a babyface with the stuff he was doing. And Cena, eh. <laughs> Cena became very cringe there for a while. The person that I would put in the same potential category, and he didn't have the same fanfare that Dusty did, but in terms of being purely babyface for the sake of goodness would be Ricky Steamboat. Yeah. And that's another person that I only really heard about and discovered when going back and watching some matches. But 
Steamboat was somebody who was always, you know, presented as doing things for the greater good, doing things because it was the right thing to do. And I think that's a great tendency in a babyface and one that's hard to really get people behind yeah. now. But it's some of the magic of watching these old matches is that people were 100% invested. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I looked through some of those videos uh, when they showed the crowd shots on on. Uh, a promo or, or they show some of the stuff in the the crowd when it comes to the matches the only people not going for dusty are the horseman fans who i i kid you not are all the exact same demographic about college-aged white men who are just going like this they look like frat boys let's be honest they probably are and those are the that is definitely the rick flair demographic i could tell you that much are you saying that there have been smarks who have been cheering for the wrong people forever? I know, right? I can't believe what it. A shocking, what a shocking development. Um, let's get into the first match. So, 1979, uh, and this is an NWA championship match. August 21st, Dusty Rhodes versus Harley Race. And this is Dusty Rhodes' first NWA World Heavyweight Championship capture, his first win. What did you think of the match? We, there's only highlights. We were only yeah. able to find highlights. There's an extended it, highlights, hi- to be fair. but it, Extended highlights that are commentated on by Dusty. And we'll, I'm going to get into that in a second. But what was your takeaway from, from watching these? Uh, Dusty can't crack it in the Tokyo Dome. I'm going to tell you that. He's definitely not headlining Wrestle Kingdom. He's not getting on the uh, New Year's Dash card. He, he's He'd be awful in the G1. But... He just, even though Dusty Rhodes, uh, we're going to, um, spoiler alert, Dusty Rhodes, not a great in-ring worker, uh, is just amazing at getting people behind him. And I didn't know what it was in this match. I came in there, I was like, you know, I've seen, uh, at this stage, I've seen more uh, Harley Race matches than Dusty Rhodes matches. So I'm I'm just uh, I'm there I, I'm like okay I'm gonna get some good stuff out of Harley he's gonna be physical he's gonna do his stuff he's gonna grind people down and he's gonna pull out the win there with the uh, suplex and then you know we've got Dusty who's getting beaten down and towards the end of the match I find myself rooting for Dusty for some reason and I didn't mean to it, it's just unintentionally you just find yourself for some reason just on this guy's side and I don't know if it's the curly uh. Definitely, I don't know if it's bleach blonde. He looks like it's bleach blonde. Oh, it's bleach it's, blonde. It's yeah. got to be bleach blonde. But, you know, you, you see, you, I don't know if it's that. I don't know if it's the fact that he's slightly overweight. I don't know if it's the fact that he's... He he is a hero to bigger fellas. Oh, he is the dad bod king, I'll tell you that. He's the dad bod king. But one of my notes is, the first time you see Harley Race in this match, is all I wrote was, Harley Race is your tough dad. Like, Absolutely. he looks terrifying do not cross harley race yes uh harley race is the guy who whenever you're you're dating a girl and you're meeting her parents for the first time and she tells you her dad's like a cop or something harley race is the exact guy that you think of (laughs) harley race like he's just a scary dude just a really scary dude uh and i think i guess that's perfect for going up against dusty Rhodes because i mean uh you know, Ric Flair, yeah, but the guy that you really want to really push your 
upcoming babyface to the top is the guy who's very scary, has nothing likable about him as a person, really, because Harley Race is kind of bland when it comes to, you know, his talking abilities, and he's not exactly the most polished of workers. He just works really, really rough, really, really stiff, and really, really technical, Um, and it just works. It does. These two were... It's not the best match in the world, but these two just captivate you in a way that, you know, you just want to see Dusty win the match. Even if you come into this match thinking, I want Harley Race to win because I really like Harley Race. And by the end of it, you're just when Dusty gets his hand raised with the belt, you're just like cheering for him. You're clapping at your monitor. Like, I, th- I think this is true of most baby faces is that in order to be a successful babyface, you really do need good heel opponents. It's one of the things that hampered Kofi Kingston's WWE Championship run is that they weren't really giving him a lot of quality opponents to defend the belt against. In the three matches we have, Dusty's going up against Harley Race, Ric Flair, and Tully Blanchard. Those are three quality heels to go up against. Plus, Dusty has the ability to make you believe in him that you've talked about already. And... Listening to him call this match was hilarious. You never hear someone commentate on their own match. But he, and the thing is, he sells how good Harley Race is, too. He sells being on the ropes. He talks about how he didn't know if he was going to be able to get through it. And one of the notes I had about Dusty is that his promo cadence while he's doing, because it's essentially, you know, six-minute highlight package with promo. Yeah. And... He sounds so similar to Muhammad Ali. I know. In terms of his cadence. He's always keeping you invested. You want to listen to what he's saying. You want to hurt, like hang on to the next word. And it makes it an even more enjoyable thing to listen to. But he's selling you on the experience of watching him win. And like, obviously he couldn't do that in the moment because he was wrestling. But it makes the the viewing experience even that much better. Yeah. I mean, Dusty, (laughs) Dusty listening to that match with with Dusty commenting on it was a trip for me. Um, I I, kind of liked it. It reminds me of, uh, I I don't know if you've seen any of those like WWE clips on YouTube where they just have wrestlers watch like previous matches of theirs and sort of talk over it. It kind of reminded me of that, but it was like a very in the moment thing. And he did it in a way that, that it was just super captivating because you know, he kind of, it's like he tells a story while commentating over the match, which is really cool because it gives you a little insight into, you know, the the story and what they're trying to, to really get across to people. Um, and, and it's honestly, I feel like it's like the kind of the most helpful form of commentary because in the moment, I mean, prime Jim Ross is great and all, but there's only so many slobber knockers you can get through before you're just like, all right, can I have a little something of substance here? And the entire thing of Dusty commentating is entire substance. And that's the thing with Dusty. Like, he, no matter what he does in the ring, everything that, that involves Dusty Rhodes and the Dusty Rhodes character is all substance. It, it, it's amazing. It, it gives you what you want. And, and it, you really just leave matches, leave promos, leave everything feeling completely satisfied. And... What I noticed was, even if you weren't listening to Dusty's commentary, the story of the match clearly gets across because when Dusty wins, because spoiler alert, for a match that is now 40 years old, Dusty wins. 
And the people, they love it. Yes. It is the entire arena losing their collective minds because their guy just won. And I tried to think of moments when I felt that happy about a wrestler winning. And I can chalk it up to Eddie Guerrero, which we talked about in the last episode. Kofi Kingston at WrestleMania 35. And Daniel Bryan at 30. Uh, Those yeah. are the three most excited I've been for a championship win. And part of that's, you know, the the spectacle of WrestleMania for two of them and the long roads for some of them. But seeing Dusty Rhodes, like these people would have jumped on a grenade for Dusty Rhodes. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, look at the three, the three instances you're showing there. I mean, Eddie Guerrero had all his stuff with the addiction. He had his popularity growing for years at that point. I mean, he had his whole WCW, ECW run, the, the stuff in Mexico, the, the, the early stages of his WWE career, uh, getting fired and then coming back. And, you know, his sort of build up from there. And, you know, you see who he's going up against. It's Brock Lesnar. It's big Brock Lesnar. It's heel Brock Lesnar. It's cocky Brock Lesnar. And, you know, the, it, when he wins, you, you leave that feeling satisfied. Daniel Bryan, you have him going up against the authority, him having that moment at SummerSlam and then getting it ripped away from him. And, you know, everyone hates Triple H. So seeing him feud against Triple H is perfect because no one wants to see Triple H go over in the end. Uh, That's a great tagline for Triple H's whole career. Yeah. Everybody hates Triple everyone H. Everyone hates Triple H. But, ne- but we all... But- but we all appreciate Triple H. Yes, we appreciate Triple H. Uh, you know, he gave us NXT, all this stuff. I would love for him to take over the company in a booking capacity because I feel like he does a really good job of it when given the chance. But I hate Triple H. <laughs> so there we go. So that moment for Daniel Bryan, I mean, he had the whole independent run with ROH with with uh, over in Japan, everything that he's done. And then. You know, his builds up to get to that moment is awesome. The thing with Kofi, Kofi was the ultimate babyface pretty much for like a decade before he got his title win. And, you know, it's just to, to see that build up, to see him going up against the, the heel version of Daniel Bryan, who had that moment just a couple of years beforehand, to see him going up against, you know, the authority pretty much and, and Vince McMahon, who didn't want to give him the spot. And sort of having it be a, a slightly watered-down version of that Daniel Bryant run, but pushed over by the fact that it was against Daniel Bryan, uh, it, it made it so satisfying. So to see Dusty have something like this, where he's definitely the most popular guy, and in those instances, Daniel Bryan was easily the most popular guy in WWE. Kofi Kingston was yep. the hottest wrestler in the world early in 2019. And Eddie Agreed. Guerrero, I was like seven so i don't remember but i assume eddie carrero was very very popular amongst wrestling fans across the country and the world so i was 12 and he could do no wrong exactly eddie can do no wrong so i mean just it's another thing where like these guys were already popular heading into the match and you sort of don't know you know that they're gonna win but you never truly know so when that moment happens it's just it just makes it even better because uh, you know you find that you do get that like catharsis kind of where you you get the satisfaction of them getting the win holding the title you know having that career defining moment but also like they beat the really bad dude who nobody really likes which again is a, a tribute to harley race yeah. and that people wanted him to be taken down yeah right 
Yeah. Uh, any other notes on this match? Like you said, not the most impressive tactical match, but for 1979, it sold the story. Yeah, it's definitely the first match I've seen from 1979, probably, and it's it's probably going to be the last match I see from 1979. Until we do the Harley Race Until episode. Until we do the Harley Race episode. Going in chronological order, to the best of my knowledge, yes. the next thing is the thing. It is. It's the, the one yes. promo that everybody knows by Dusty Rhodes. Yes. It is the Hard Times promo, which is one of the only promos I know of that has a Genius.com breakdown. Yes. It, it, it by my knowledge, is also yes. Unless CM Punk has one, uh, which is possible. Probably. But if not, we could write one. Hey, uh, I'll leave that to you because you, I have no idea how to do it. But this has to be the best promo of all time by any wrestler ever. I love this. Pro- this is better than uh, the, the, the pipe bomb. This is better than uh, Mankind's stuff. This is better than anything Rock, Jericho have done. This is better than Austin 316 for me. This is the promo. Hard times. I mean, he he boasts about being a babyface while also tearing down his opponent, while also elevating his opponent, while also getting everyone behind him by, you know, appealing to to blue collar workers while also appealing himself to people that may not like him by bringing in the stuff with the horsemen by you know he just touches every demographic and in the end you're just like i want this guy to win this dang match he does elevate you know rick flair yeah and the horsemen yes and elevates himself and that's i think a skill that is missing from a lot of current promos. Yeah. And that is that it's mainly about if you're the baby face, I look cool and I want, and you look like a nerd or you suck. Yeah. And it's very basic. And it's not, I'm going to do everything in my power to beat this person who is also really good. Cause that you need, it's similar to the way that commentators need to be able to sell you know the the merits of both the baby face and the heel if you're selling a match you need to make it where like you don't know what's going to happen when you tune in but i'm going to give it all that i have yeah and i think some of the comparables that we talked about eddie kofi and daniel bryan they did that well they were like i'm up against big odds but i'm gonna give it all i've got yeah. you know stone cold always said i'm gonna do what i can you know austin 316 says i just whooped your ass but it was never about you know making everyone else look bad it was just i'm such a badass that i think i've got this yeah and uh, dusty he just comes in with you know you're right i don't look the way that a wrestler normally looks i don't look like Ric flair but i'm gonna do it for the people yeah um and, and i think every sort of significant babyface moment uh has that promo that goes along with it. Kofi had that one promo, uh, which is, in my opinion, probably the only good promo Kofi Kingston has ever cut in his career. Blasphemy. Uh, you I could will say defend that. New Day tag promos till the day I die. Those I'm not going to count those <laughs> because they're they're sort of like a tandem thing. Uh, but you know, individual best individual promo 
of Kofi's career easily. Um, you know, Daniel Bryant had several on his way there. Uh, you know, he had the, the, the yes movement in phase raw moment. He had his, uh, he, there was just so much, um, you know, you, you, you hear a lot of it in the, uh, the promo video for that WrestleMania, uh, match against triple H where with the monster in the background, they, they play a lot of it. Um, and Eddie obviously had the attic promo that we, yeah. we broke down. Um, you know, this is Dusty's. This is this is easily Dusty's. This is the hard times. Uh, you brought hard times on, on the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. Um, you know, all of that jazz. But this is like that level, that type of promo at its peak. Because this is, you know, he's already been champion. He doesn't need this match in order to to be the guy he's been the guy before this is him simply just trying to prove that he can beat rick flair and it doesn't matter whether the horsemen are there or not he wants to beat rick flair and he wants to do it for everyone else because they deserve to see it and to quote another big guy he's doing it for the people he's not doing it for the rock but he is doing it for the people yeah and i think that now is the time to bust out the bad dusty voice it's, we've talked about Dusty for for long enough now that it's now time to bust out the Dusty voice because I think where the promo really goes off is after he talks about how yeah, there's no honor among thieves in the first place and talks about Ric Flair, but the first time that he mentions hard times yeah. was that he put hard times on Dusty Rhodes and his family. You don't know what hard times are, daddy. And when he goes into hard times... That's when it really connects with the audience. It sounds like he's talking to you. Yeah. It sounds like he's talking to you at home. Yeah. Because we've all had hard times. Hard times are when the textile workers around the country are out of work. They got four or five kids and can't afford, can't pay the wages, can't buy the foods. Hard times are when the auto workers are out of work and they tell you go home. And hard times are when a man has worked a job for thirty years, thirty years, and they give him a watch, kick him in the butt, and say, hey. A computer took your place, Daddy. That's hard times. That's really That's hard relevant because I feel like a computer could do most of the things I do in a day. Yes. Um, <laughs> but I feel like Dusty Rhodes was just in in the studio with us. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's such a good promo for all the reasons we talked about, and you can now understand why the fans react the way they do to Dusty. If this is the way he's... Yes, this is the best promo he has. Yeah. Arguably. But if this is the way he's coming into your television screens, into your living rooms every week, of course you want to see this man succeed. Yeah. Of course you do. Because he's relatable. He's you. He's the most... You don't look like Ric Flair, likely. You probably look a little more like Dusty than you do Ric Flair, and so he wants to represent you yeah. in the ring. Um, I mean, just thinking about it, like this is a promo that I don't think can be replicated, and that's what I think is amazing about Dusty Rhodes and his promos during this time. Is like, yeah, you can have your your charisma, you can have your your uh, your build up of, of support, you can you can sort of bring a match up. But, like, can you imagine if Kevin Owens says this exact same promo line for line? Let's say this never existed, and he says it tomorrow or whenever Raw is about Seth Rollins. 
it's not going to connect. Why? Because you just don't have that build up for Kevin Owens and you don't really care about Seth Rollins as a heel as much as you care about uh, Ric Flair as a heel. Now, I think that this promo works so well because of the background of it. Ric Flair is probably the most detestable heel ever, uh, aside from like Vince McMahon. Ric Flair is yeah. dis- like no one likes Ric Flair. <laughs> and, you know, then you have Dusty, who who's every man's man. And I know that, you know, Kevin Owens is, he's, you know, uh, what, are, what are we doing here? His belly's just a little big. His hiney's just a little big. But, brother, he's bad and he knows it. Uh, but the thing with Kevin Owens is, Kevin Owens, I feel, is not Dusty Rhodes on the mic. No one is Dusty Rhodes on the mic. Because to have the mixture of being, looking like that, you know, being physically relatable to, to people... Having the the char- the charisma on the mic and the charisma with your character being so beloved already and, you know, just being able to promote something because you know exactly what you want to say and having that all tie into the fact that you are going to go up against the biggest jerk in the world. And, to you know, it's the perfect combination of all of that. And, you know, the, the Hard Times promo is probably the highlight of Dusty's career just for the simple fact that it's perfect in every way it is there's no flaws in the promo at all he does everything you want he you know he promotes the match he tells you why you should care he gives you a reason to care he he builds up his opponent he tears down his opponent so that they show that there's animosity like pure animosity there he he tells you that he's been successful before so he knows what he's doing but he also tells you that the horsemen are probably involved so there's a chance that he doesn't win he gives you a reason to care about the cage. He gives you a reason to care about yourself. He gives you a reason to care about everything. And he ties it all together at the end with that little emotional thing where he stops. He gets out of the Dusty Rhodes character. He goes deadpan. He goes serious. I'm going to do it for the guy who, who's been dead for 10, 12 years, who's never gotten to see a real what a real world champion looks like. He gives that emotional connection there at the end that it's just like, I want to give this is like a spirit bomb now i'm gonna give him all of my energy and dusty Rhodes is gonna be rick flair because of it i know you can't see javier right now but he looks like he wants to run through a wall for dusty Rhodes. i want to run through a wall i want to run out the window i want to do everything possible for <laughs> my lord and savior dusty Rhodes. now that's one thing that you know the genius.com thing doesn't have is who this person who died 10 to 12 years ago is so if you know who that is tweet at us yes. and tell us because we're we're always learning yes we're always growing and i will be patiently awaiting whether it's a dm or a mention i don't care what it is i need to know i've been curious about this for like 10 12 years and i want to know right now because i rap geniuses i still call it rap geniuses i'm old enough to know when it was rap genius uh and it, it's i i just want to know who is dusty talking about who is this man upstairs that died 10, 12 years ago and never got the opportunity to see a real world champion, which is weird because literally like five years before this match takes place, Dusty Rhodes was a champion. It's a shame. Shall we move on to the next match? Yeah. Uh, the next match is Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes, the cage match. That's all I have to say. The cage match. Uh, Great American Bash, 1986. We're going to turn the tables here. Evan, what were your thoughts on the match? This is peak flair, and I know it's also peak dusty. 
but for me this is peak flair because the first thing I wrote down when you see him in the match is that he looks like a million bucks. Ric Flair looks incredible in this match. And the whole match was emotional. And I think it's emotional because of the investment in Dusty Rhodes. I watched the Hard Times promo and then watched this match immediately after. I think that helps. Again, not the most technical match you'll ever see. I think wrestling now, we're a little spoiled in terms of what the quality of the athletes are. Dusty Rhodes is athletic for someone who is his size. And Ric Flair is a talented wrestler and a good seller. And I think that they combined for a good match, but they combined more importantly for a good story. Yeah. Uh, I thought what was great about this match was that it did have the cage. So I thought the cage played a huge part in, in the story of it. Um, and Ric Flair sort of grinding Dusty's face in the cage and then Dusty turning it around on him, throwing him against the cage and sort of having that moment where he like gets serious and him he's like, I am going to whoop you around here, boy, and there is nothing you could do about it. Um, and, and sort of Flair having that, that like cowardly moment there. This is really like the first real cage match uh, that, you know what I mean? The, the cage match uh, stereotype where, where the baby face is getting thrown around. They sort of bounce back. And then the uh, the heel is just sort of like scared to death and trying to not get thrown into the cage. But there's they're going to get thrown into the cage. Um, but Flair really brings it up a notch because Ric Flair is probably the best seller of all time other than like Shawn Michaels or someone like that. Which is like Flair is amazing at the begging off. Yes. Flair is the best person at trying to convince you that you shouldn't yes, hit him. Yes, with the prayer and he's shaking his head. He's like, no. One of the notes that I had was that they don't do a lot, but they make everything mean a lot. Yeah. Like there's one point where uh, there's a scoop slam, Dusty hits, and Flair then backs into the corner and run, essentially runs away. Yeah. And you get a lot just from that, that Dusty's willing to push forward. And the second that Flair gets any sort of, you know, uh, resistance. He's gonna be. A, he's gonna be scared. He's gonna throw him off his game. Both men busted open in this match. Yeah. Now which, we're used to Ric Flair being busted open. We're also used to and Dusty as, busting open. That's for sure. As Dusty Rhodes goes on in his career, you used to getting Dusty busted open a lot. Um, one part that I noted was that Dusty's energy at one point in the middle of the match he's reversing the figure four because flair had been controlling the middle section of the match and dusty reverses the figure four and at one point it looks like he's tapping out but tapping out wasn't a thing then yeah that wasn't how you did this mission so at one point i saw him doing a tapping with his hand and i was like is this the end of the match there's supposed to be like 13 minutes left to this video yeah and then i remembered oh yeah that wasn't a big prevalent thing till the mid 90s but he did a great job selling it. And then when he reversed the figure four, the crowd again, electric. Yeah. Um, and, and I thought what was really cool there um, is that element of when you're when you're tap, tapping out, air, air quotes here, um, in, in these days it was a verbal tap out. Ric Flair would win with the figure four, but his opponent would be like, I'm done, I'm done, like get me out of here. Or they'd pass out, which is really weird. Like how do you pass out from... I get the pain and stuff, but still. My legs. My legs. They hurt so much. Like that character from SpongeBob. Uh, but, you know, 
it, it was cool to see little things like that. And, and I always still find it weird nowadays. Um, you know, you'll see somebody get put in a submission and they'll start banging on the mat. They don't mean it's a tap out, but it, they're just banging on the mat and stuff like that. And I'm like, uh, ref, uh, excuse me, sir or madam. You doesn't that doesn't that mean something? You know, the 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 bell. I do believe this match is now over. Um, but but no, you see that here. Uh, you you see him shaking his head. He's like, no. Um, my favorite part of this match is when Dusty starts getting into his little groove with the punches, and he's like, you know, he just throwing his little jabs um flair sells it like a million bucks he's throwing his head back he's reacting to it like crazy um the way the reason this match works so well is not for the offense it's for the selling it's selling on both sides i mean rick flair i I talked earlier he's he's one of the best sellers of all time dusty dusty was amazing here dusty was awesome i mean he sold for flair like a million bucks he was throwing himself everywhere he was he was being he was letting himself be ground down. His facial expressions were amazing, um, and, and he genuinely made you feel like this bully is beating me up, and I can't do anything about it. So you know, just give me your energy, and that's the thing that he he harped in the uh, hard time promo. He wants the crowd's energy. He wants the people's energy, and when he finally does get that moment where he basically hulks up and he starts going after Flair, you know, he 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 does it and that's when you realize the turn there is that everyone's on his side now and i feel like that's a common theme with dusty matches is that dusty doesn't really do anything until the crowd's like fully invested in dusty and there was a there was a false finish close to the end where Rhodes had gotten control and you mentioned flair selling flair gets his foot on the ropes at 2.9 and the ref notices, and the crowd was hot because yeah. the crowd thought they had seen Dusty win. And they're going to have to wait a little bit for that. But on that false finish, they were ready to explode then. Yeah. And then the match continues for a couple more minutes after. One of the weird things that happens in this match is people make fun of Flair when he got older for doing flying nothings. Yeah. And like that it was never a good thing when Flair goes to the top rope. Ric Flair hits a crossbody in this match. Yeah. It happens. He goes to the top rope and he connects. This is why he always goes. It worked against Dusty. Why can't it work against everybody else for the next 25 years? Yeah. Why, why is it going to work against Edge in a ladder match for the Intercontinental Championship? <laughs> why is that not going to work when he's in his mid-50s? Anyway, you can't convince me this is a bad idea. Yeah, no, uh, but but I thought it was it was really cool because these are two guys. I mean, my version of Ric Flair is that Ric Flair that fought Edge in the, for the Intercontinental Championship in a ladder match. It's the old Ric Flair. It's the Ric Flair well beyond his prime. He's in evolution. He's he's doing his own thing in the WWE mid card. That's the I Ric disagree Flair with I know. that because Ric Flair is currently in his prime. Ric Flair is always Ric in Flair prime. drip. Ric Flair Drip is prime Ric Flair. Ric Flair Drip was about three years ago. <laughs> I mean, uh, I am clearly behind. <laughs> um, I think over the, so, Dusty wins the match with an inside cradle small package. Yes, right. And I think of the three matches that we we review for this episode, this is the best match. Yeah, it's definitely the best moment. Um, in, in that you know everyone's going crazy. Like, the audio was kind of eh on the video. I mean, you get that a lot with Daily Motion, but uh, don't 
tell WWE I said that. But, you know, <laughs> the, you, you, you sort of, like, have these bad audio fluxes where, where you don't really hear the crowds very well. You don't get that in this match. In this match, that bell rings and the crowd is hot. Like, you see the people at the background going crazy. Everyone's happy that Dusty just won that match. Um, and, and it's just, like... You know, like, I remember going back because I missed uh, WrestleMania 30 because I just wasn't around. Uh, I, that was during my wrestling lull period. Um, and, and I remember going back, and I didn't, I knew Daniel Bryan won. I knew the, the whole journey of Daniel Bryan by that point. But uh, I go back, I watch the WrestleMania. I don't watch it in its entirety. It's not the greatest of WrestleMania's uh, top to bottom. But, you know, you watch the, the Triple H match. And then you, you sort of just go through the night and you're just like, okay, Daniel Bryan's at the end. And then he gets taken out of the match and you're just like, this would be the perfect way for Vince McMahon to sort of screw over Daniel Bryan and not give people what they want. Uh, and, and then he, he comes back, he taps out Batista and boom, the crowd explodes. And I'm here cheering for him because I'm like, that's that's it. And I'm like, and thinking back on it now, like I watched that thing in like 2015 or 2016 or whenever it was that I got the network. And, and like you know, we're like two two years beyond this, pretty much, and I'm still here celebrating. And we're what, what are we like twenty thirty five years away from this match? And I'm still having the same reaction. <laughs> like I'm still cheering for Dusty as if he just won the title live. Like it, it, it's just the match was built up perfectly prior to it even happening. Uh, and then once it did happen, they they did so well at just convincing me to want to cheer for for dusty that when dusty finally does win it's just perfect it's a match that's clearly timeless because we can watch it now and appreciate what it was both then and what it still is now and you don't need your uh 40 minute long breast uh tokyo dome classics uh here you you know this is just pure storytelling just two guys going in there doing the bare minimum but getting the maximum results from it. We'll be right back with more Dusty Roads after a quick commercial break. Now, the next match, the last match we're going to go over, is against Tully Blanchard, 1987, I believe. Yes. A barbed wire ladder match. Winner gets $100,000. And this is the type of match that I, in my brain, had associated with Dusty's career. Because I, when I started looking back on Dusty, I saw some WWF stuff, but the next couple things I saw were ECW. And we're not going to go into like bull rope match from ECW or anything like that. If you have not watched it, you should go watch it on the network. Um, but this is the type of match that I associate Dusty with. And I think it's because when I saw him growing up, which was mainly as a commentator on Nitro, yeah. is that I saw how cut up his forehead was. And I assumed he was a hardcore guy. And this is the type of match that I thought he was in. This isn't the most hardcore of hardcore matches. Like, you wouldn't expect that in in the mid to late 80s. But it was pretty violent for the time. Yeah, I mean, 87. This isn't exactly the the era of of people going through uh, light tubes and tables being set on fire here but but these guys going i mean just the premise of a barbed wired ladder match is terrifying in its own right um and it's something you probably 
see on a casual basis at CZW, but but to see this in it in the NWA it, towards the tail end of the '80s here, uh, it's still peak Dusty. It's definitely peak Tully, and you know these guys are going into this match. They're they're both red hot on opposite sides of the spectrum, and you know it, it's the stakes aren't huge. Like you said, it's only for for a hundred grand. It's not for a belt or anything. Now, don't get me wrong. hundred grand. <laughs> yeah, hundred grand would be it's great. Lot, it's a lot of money. But uh, you know, in wrestling terms, in layman terms here, uh, we, we don't really care about the hundred hundred thousand uh, dollars. It's not a shampoo commercial. Um, but <laughs> the best reason to ever feud. Yeah. Uh, but you know, the, these guys go in there, and, and they just they beat each other up. They just kill each other. Um, and now, I will say, for an extreme type of match, the first time that Dusty goes up the ladder, he gets taken down by one sweet shit music. Yeah. One light kick to the leg, and Dusty's like, ah, I'm done. <laughs> I'm not going to go up that farther. And I was like, oh, is this is this the precedent for how this match is going to go? <laughs> and then I was pleasantly surprised yeah. after that. Yeah, I mean, that was definitely a business decision on Dusty's end because he probably knew what yep. was coming. <laughs> But, uh, you know, these guys, they beat each other up there. Uh, you know, Tully has some vicious moments in this match. And, you know, vicious put lightly because, you know, again, this isn't a, a CZW match. But but there are some moments here where, where I'm watching and I'm like, how is Tully not like the most hated human being of all time? Because he, he's just beating up our poor baby boy dusty roads here and there's nothing that i can do about this like i kind of just want to be like shelton benjamin's mom going and interfering in this match and just beating him up with my purse i can't do that though and it's very annoying and i very much just want dusty to be okay you understand why fans who didn't understand kayfabe would jump barriers for dusty roads yeah. and in this match especially like you understand because there's a lot there's interference near the end yeah there's a lot of i think it's jj dylan Backhands of the ref. Um, at one point, Wyndham comes in to take down Dell. Like, there's a lot of things going on. If I'm a fan and I see that a lot of things are happening, I'm going to jump in there and, you know, protect my boy. I'll protect Dusty. I'm not as big as Dusty, but I'll protect him. I'll help him out. Yeah. Um, you know, that's that's my compadre. And I want Dusty to be okay. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's this is the match that you sort of expect from like the horseman crew uh this this is more that style uh this is this is sort of like your uh quintessential bullet club match um in that uh you know you're gonna have your you know bog standard two guys going at it for a while then jj Dillon's gonna come uh then then you know uh barry windham's gonna come and then somehow some way the gorillas of destiny show up um i didn't even know they were around in the 80s but if you're listening to this yeah you know, um, Tama, Tama Tonga just comes out there and hits a stun gun on Dusty. It was crazy. Um, but, but yeah, you know, these guys, it's your bullet club match, but it's also like, this is the biggest baby face in the world right now. Say what you want about Hogan, but this is the guy. Uh, and that he's being treated obscenely. And the, the thing that was really cool about this was like, this was like, two three years later after the sort of height of the horsemen picking on dusty and now they're still doing it and it's like 
the, the only way that I could sort of translate this to modern wrestling is you remember that period about a year or two ago when AJ Styles just sort of kept getting hit in the nuts by Shinsuke Nakamura and at some point you yeah. get to the to the level of thinking where you're just like why aren't you just wearing a cup AJ like you know this is happening or like Brock Lesnar yeah. probably every single match he's gonna get kicked in the in the in the groin area it's like just wear a cup and and this can all be avoided uh with with Dusty here it's just sort of like you know you know they're coming so maybe just don't let the referee get take a bump or, or maybe just don't like put yourself in a vulnerable position where the guys can come out and destroy you maybe use all that popularity and good good karma you got backstage and have people come out and be your friend yeah and another cool <laughs> like thing people about like this, you dusty another cool thing about this that, that was an interesting wrinkle dusty Rhodes is management in the nwa like he's part of the promotion group he's part of the promoter he's partly a promoter here why can't you just pull, you know, get a little pull with the boys in the back to toss a quick 20 at uh, somebody here, a big man or something, and be like, hey, when a horseman comes out, throw him into the crowd or something. Like, Yeah, exactly. Um, one of the, I think my favorite moment in the whole match, there's, there's two. One's right near the end. But one of them is Dusty at one point kicks the ladder down, and all I wrote was that it was so graceful. <laughs> It was the most graceful I've ever seen, Dusty. Before we got uh, on, before we started recording for for this episode, Javier and I were talking about um, how you know Dusty's not going to hit any beautiful Okada drop kicks. He gave it his best shot, yeah. man. He gave it. It's his not best the shot. best drop kick you're ever going to see, but man, did he go for it? Yeah, no, I mean, I can appreciate the effort. I will always appreciate effort. When it comes to professional wrestling, there will never be because I can't do it. <laughs> hey man, like there will never be a moment where I watch uh, a Braun Strowman, uh, a Baron Corbin, a uh, even a Bad Luck Fale match, and I'm just like, hey, you know, you guys, you guys can't do it, but I appreciate the effort. I appreciate that you're trying for my entertainment. This is purely... You're trying to do something ridiculous just yeah. to entertain me. Hey, Braun Strowman can dance with New Day and Dusty Rhodes can try a dropkick. You know, we, we live in great times uh, in the professional wrestling world. And, and I just really do appreciate when guys sort of try to push their limitations as far as movesets go. Um, even sure. if it's a botch, which... Let's be honest, the majority of the time is it's going to be. But, like, you know, I, I can always appreciate effort and trying to do something new. And it's very clear that Dusty is not experienced in the realm of, you know, trying a drop kick. But, you know, it was really cool to see. If that's your favorite moment, I will tell you that you kind of spoiled mine, which was when Dusty went down from the, the very, very light kick. Uh, there towards the towards the beginning size of the end of the match uh you said you had two what's your second my favorite is when dusty is going up the ladder and the referee holds the ladder for him <laughs> i didn't even notice so that. this might be this might be him using his nwa pole but i think the referee realized how not stable the ladder was at that point because it had been through a lot and 
referees are always the unsung heroes of wrestling matches. They're the ones who make sure they're on time. They're the ones who make sure wrestlers don't get hurt. They're the ones who are making sure everything happens the way it's supposed to happen. A good referee is one that you don't see but is there. And the fact that this referee would kind of, like, I think it might have been an in-the-moment decision, but it also makes sense. Look, the ref knows that the horsemen are the bad guys. Yeah. Of course he's going to help Dusty. And just a little subtle hold of the ladder, that's fine. <laughs> I just loved it. Because to me, I was like, I don't know if this was planned. I don't know if it was a good idea or not. But I love the fact that he's just like, Dusty's close. Let me make sure he doesn't fall. Yeah. Because, like, as a referee, I love Dusty Rhodes. And as a fan, I love that referee for loving Dusty Rhodes. And I, I think it's it's also helpful because, you know, Dusty Dusty's a big boy. By this stage especially, Dusty's a big boy. Big boy on a ladder. Uh, and, and, you know, you put him on a ladder, uh, maybe he's just sort of, you know, for liability purposes, holding that ladder because he doesn't want that ladder to crumble, Dusty to, you know, snap a thing or two, and, and then, you know, you've got the next year or so of NWA uh, promotional stuff being damaged by the fact that your biggest star is no longer able to perform. Um, so, so, you know, it was definitely a business decision on the, on the ref's end. I don't know if Dusty exactly paid him off, but I'm hoping that, you know, the ref got a little kickback from, from the money there at the end. Good. Dusty giving kickbacks. Um, let's talk about two more promos. Oh, yes. Uh, first one, Heartbeat of America. Now this is Dusty Rhodes and he is selling a match with Lex Luger for the NWA US title and another good match or sorry good promo where the thing that impressed me the most about this promo and it's something we kind of touched on with hard times Dusty can keep a train of thought and keep a promo going without stumbling and using his pauses very effectively because I was going to say he doesn't pause but he does but you know that he is, isn't that he's lost its place. It's that he is waiting. Yeah. He uses that space very effectively. And the thing that I thought was very cool about this promo, um, I'm going to, you know, full disclosure, I've never seen this promo before, literally before we started recording here, maybe about two minutes beforehand, I watched the promo live on YouTube. Uh, I said live on YouTube. Uh, I watched this promo on yeah, YouTube. D- Dusty came back from the grave. It's live. And it's it live for to you. me. Dang it! Uh, but, there you go. But uh, you know that you see the live aspect of the promo. He's there with a crowd of people that are just awkwardly standing around the ring. It's it's very weird. Um, the old NWA soundstage style. Yeah, where the ring is there, all your promos there, similar to NWA power now. Yeah, and, and, and you know it's 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 cool because you just have the people there. Uh, and the people love Dusty, except for, you know, as I said earlier, the frat bros that don't really care for Dusty and are putting the horseman sign up and booing Dusty and throwing their thumbs down and all that jazz. Uh, but, you know, the people are into it. Dusty Rhodes acknowledges them, uh, which is like the worst thing you could do for these people is acknowledge them. Um, but Give he, them fuel for their yes, fire. Yes, but he yeah. does it in a very cool way. And, and then he turns the tide and he's like, horsemen. Lex Luthor, Lex Luthor, Lex Luger, I'm coming for you, all that jazz. Um, my favorite part of the promo was when Dusty goes full uh, in Gobernables, they hapone on everybody and sort of just lays down on the ringside. And then when he's done with the promo, just rolls over and lays down in the ring. 
Uh, it, it's awesome. Very tranquilo. It's awesome. I I love Dusty. I just do. Dusty's mannerisms. Also, he's, he's he's got a fit on him. Yes. He is wearing an absolute fit. Yes. The red hat, big sunglasses, and like white track suit. Yeah. It, he goes, it's like an Italian uncle. It's like every Russian you'll ever see. And it's zipped down all the way just below the chest line. If he had chest hair, it'd be on full display. And it's amazing. It is. I, I dug the fit. It's clean white. It like pops off in the coloring. It looks very bright. I love it. I love it. Seth Rollins could never. Seth Rollins could never. I don't know who wears suits in WWE, but they could never. Naito with his suit coming out could never. Nobody, not Chris Dusty's Jericho, not Dust, uh, not not Cody Rhodes. Nobody with a suit. Dusty Rhodes tracksuit, top one all time. But I don't know who would want to wear the tracksuit. Cesaro. Um, true. The. In the end, he ended up winning the United States Championship from Luger, and he just does such a good job of selling his matches. And that's we're gonna get into the last promo which is the funky like a monkey promo. And the main thing that I got from this promo is his ability to sell his matches. And again, this is a match with Lex Luger again. And his ability to sell his matches is so spectacular. And we've talked about it ad nauseum at this point where he builds up his opponent while also building up why he needs to beat his opponent. He's good at, at the balance. The first thing I wrote down about the funky like a monkey promo is that I love prime tony shivani oh yeah tony made that so awesome he is such a great he's still a great interviewer yeah. but he's such a great interviewer even at that young age i don't know how old he was then he didn't look much older than you and i are right yeah. now but he was he's a great interviewer and he's been around for so long and he's still good now he's awesome in aw dark segments he's awesome in aw proper um you know he he does the thing that I really like about Tony is that his talent transcends wrestling. I mean, he does the broadcasts of college football for for the radio, and I'm sure he's great at it because he just has like the style of speech, the the cadence, the the charisma, the everything that that sorts of translate to that level of of announcing, and it, it's really cool to be able to see someone sort of bounce off with Dusty. There's not many people who can do it, but Tony did it flawlessly here. Mm-hmm. It's hard to keep up with a guy like Dusty. It's very hard. Um, I think my favorite line in the promo is that Dusty says, it's the total end for the total package, baby. The total end for the total package is a great way to, like, because you know that Lex Luger, you're right, he is the total package. He brands himself that way. And Dusty's not denying that. He's, again, saying, like, he's great. Look at him. He looks incredible he's chiseled out of granite yeah. but this is the end for him because i'm gonna be the one to do it and that's again that's the thing he was best at and i think that's the thing that he has really given to a lot of the nxt superstars when he was coaching them in promo classes is you need to sell yourself your opponent and the match all three every time and i thought that was also another cool part of the uh the heartbeat of america promo was the mm-hmm. the fact that he builds up he builds up Lex for like a solid thirty seconds, saying that he's like perfection personified physically, that that he's the muscle, that he's the the big head honcho in town because he's got all the pecs muscles and the the shoulder muscles on top of muscles and all of the muscles was Lex Luthor, 
Well, I keep calling him Lex Luthor here. Lex <laughs> Luger. You you really want Dusty Rhodes to be Superman. Uh, I really don't. I'm not a big Superman guy. But you want to see me in them tights, baby. <laughs> see me in see me in the full spandex, baby. I would go to see Dusty Luthor. Rhodes in a cape. I'll tell you that. Rest <laughs> in peace, Dusty. The man was fantastic. Um, and, and it was it's really cool to see him build up his opponents because he always builds up his opponents. He always builds them up. He makes them look like death. He makes them look like evil. He makes them look like, you know, I don't have a chance against this guy because he's amazing. But I'm Dusty Rhodes. Dang it. And I'm just going to beat him anyways. I'm going to give him my all. Yeah. Um, we know that Dusty's influence is on the NXT crowd, on his class, yeah. right? Because he consistently was the one coaching them in promos, helping them develop their characters. I know people like Sasha Banks and, and Charlotte and I know Enzo Amore uh, and Finn Balor, all these people had said that they got things from Dusty in terms of their character and what it means and how to really hone in on what their character is. What other influences of Dusty do you see um, in wrestling now? I was going to... You said the name that I was going to say, Enzo Amore. If anyone gets even remotely similar to what Dusty could do on the mic... I would say it's definitely Enzo Amore in his prime there with, with the the tag duo with uh, between himself and Big Cass. He would sell his opponents. He would tear them down. He would build them back up again. He would make people invested in their matches. He would make people invested in them. And I wasn't a big uh, Enzo and Cass guy, but I always did appreciate the fact that Enzo could just talk his crap on the mic and, and then just, you know, just... just build everything i think the thing with enzo is he can keep the same cadence he he was creative he had memorable lines you remembered the things he said the thing that smack talker skywalker get absolutely the thing he didn't get that dusty got was the ability to build sympathy yeah you didn't necessarily become as invested in making sure that enzo was okay in a match which is great because he would you know fall a lot he took a lot of nasty bumps so good that you weren't that invested but he didn't have the same level of investment and yeah dusty's came from years and enzo really only had a couple of years to get that that investment from fans and i think the nxt faithful they loved enzo and Cass as a team and with carmella but you definitely do see the influence on his style of talk coming from dusty the like write things out ahead of time and make it natural make it flow like you said, build up your opponents, but also talk talk your talk, right? Yeah, and I, and I don't think you see a lot of that influence on the main roster like around this era in the past couple of years. You saw it a lot in that NXT era from like around 2014 to just just a couple, like a year or so after Dusty's passing um, with the people that that's really interacted with him because you know it it was one of those things where. You know that you you would see Sasha, and Sasha had her best promos when she was in NXT because she would sell everything. Her match with Bailey, she sold it perfectly as the heel, um, and, and she, you know she was amazing there. Uh, Bailey had her fiery promos in NXT. They weren't great uh, because Bailey isn't exactly the best on the mic. But you know you see her trying, and you see it kind of now in her heel persona where she sort of builds everything up. She builds it around herself, around her, around her opponents. She's sort of getting that confidence on the mic there. I think the other thing that Dusty really had going for him was a level of 
showmanship that I think inspired a lot of wrestlers. Yeah. I think, you know, buying into the, not to steal a term from Lex Luger, the total package of your character, right? That you need to be fully invested in who you are, what you're presenting. You should live it. You should breathe it. Every promo you have should hit the same note, right? To get people to consistently buy into you. And I think a lot of wrestlers are trying to do that both in the way they, you know, now they have to build it into their social media personas as well, but the ability to kind of live the gimmick, right? Dusty was beloved and he lived the gimmick, but also Dusty was just a good mind for the business and I think that's something that really helped with the, his NXT class. I know that it helped some people in WCW. Um, just having him around to kind of have all that knowledge. Yeah. And that's something that people are missing now. And I thought the thing that really sort of helped uh, Dusty as a, as a teacher there was was his experience in everything. Like him having that background with, with, the, with being uh, an exec uh, with, with the NWA and him sort of being in the in the front office but also you know being in the ring being the 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 best talker uh it it really did help uh in the total aspect of it because when he was at nxt you know he could help triple h sort of you know run things get get his hands on uh on how to run the promotion while also you know being a great teacher because he did have all those years of experience of building up a character of gaining sympathy you know he had that experience as a baby face so he knows what to do as a heel too because he knows one complete end of the spectrum so it's easy for him to just switch it around and do it for the other side um his stuff on the mic i mean you, you can't teach charisma you can't teach that stuff but dusty did his dangness and i mean you know guys like finn balor uh I mean, the the person who I think is the best byproduct of Dusty Rhodes isn't even with WWE. I think Juice Robinson, his character that he is going with New Japan, is the perfect embodiment of a student of Dusty Rhodes. He plays... See, I think that Cody Rhodes is the best product of Dusty Rhodes. Well... But he's a literal Yeah, he's the literal of product of Dusty Rhodes. I would say so, but the thing with Cody is, Cody took the stuff from Dusty and he completely turned it over. Um, and that That's also true. Cody also always really had this in him. He just never really got to use it. I mean, the stuff that he had, uh, what was it? Beautiful Cody Rhodes or, or whatever it was when he had the mask. Dashing. Dashing, dashing, Cody, dashing Rhodes. Cody Rhodes. Um, you know, he had the ability on the stick. He could always talk. He just never really got the opportunity to do so. He was always a pretty good wrestler. He just never really got the opportunities to do so. So far, it's really worked out for him betting on himself. Yeah, it definitely has. I mean, he was amazing in Japan. He was amazing with TNA in that short run that he was there for. And he's been great in ADEW. I mean, he's definitely been, I would say, the star, um, aside from Jericho probably, of the the first few months here of, of Dynamite and stuff. And he's done some great things. But again, Juice Robinson, I mean, he's basically just 2020, 2019's version of, of, uh, of Dusty Rhodes here. He cuts amazing promos. He has the the American, you know, sort of all American blue blood boy here in in Japan, and he does this gimmick in a way that everyone loves him. The Japanese people love him. You're not supposed to be beloved like that in in, in Japan if you're a gaijin who who's preaching American values. But he is because he he finds a way to sort of get his charisma across he finds a way of building himself his opponents up and i don't think that was ever better 
exemplified than after he lost to Moxley in Moxley's debut over there. He cut that promo in the post-match that was amazing. It was electric. You felt for him. I felt bad. I wanted to go give him a hug after after I finished watching that thing. I mean, he he's really, really advanced from the uh, eco-warrior that he was in NXT. And, you know, he, that's that's something big is that if you've not kept up with the former CJ Parker yeah. now as Juice Robinson, you have missed a lot something transformative. You missed a lot. I mean, you knew him as the guy you who busted open Kevin Owens in the first match there because he hit him with a palm strike that just broke his nose. Uh, but he's turned into this amazing character who. I could legitimately see being IWGP World Champion in like two or three years, within two or three years, because he's just building it up. I mean, he's the U.S. He's in U.S. contention now. I could see him going for the IWGP Intercontinental Championship and winning it with it, you know, this this year. Um, but he's really, really good. I think that's a big statement to make that he's the nothing you're not necessarily saying he's the next dusty Rhodes, but he he's one of the biggest influences from dusty yeah. that you see because yeah. like i didn't want to give you the the hot take of the episode by saying that juice is the next dusty no he's not like that's he's not the that's, next a, dusty. that's a big one he's not the next okay. dusty there i i just wanted to say he's the best byproduct of dusty in that he's taking everything that dusty can possibly give to someone and he's run with it he's made it his whole gimmick i mean he's not he's not the best in-ring performer i mean you, you stack him up against the other guys that he has to new japan new japan and he's middle of the pack at best but like the way that he's able to to translate his charisma in his matches he's a good seller um you know he's able to tell a story he's able to garner sympathy in these matches that Really, like you watch, like the the Okada uh, Ibushi main event from the first night of Wrestle Kingdom uh, uh, that just happened, and that's a great match. But the story, you know, the the building of a, of a character isn't there like it is in pretty much almost any Juice match. I mean, he is just so good, uh, even when he loses, which he does very frequently because he's still just a, a mid-carder over there because japan just does that you're just a mid-carder for like 10 years before you're pushed up to the main event level um and, and you know he's just he's so good uh he's great on the mic like i said before and he's he's basically like the perfect byproduct for dusty because he takes the overall package of it rather than you know little elements here and there like you know sasha will have her moments on the mic Ambrose will have his moments on the mic. Balor has his moments in the ring of garnering the sympathy. Um, Juice takes everything, and, and I think that's really why he's sort of the guy that that is best to take out of the Dusty influence. We skipped a lot of Dusty Rhodes' career, and that's because I think we really wanted to focus on what we think is the prime uh, Dusty stuff, which is the NWA Jim Crockett stuff. Yeah. Uh, didn't really get into his initial WWF run or his ECW stuff and his you know turn on Nitro as a commentator, yeah. and I think that that's fair. We wanted to kind of focus on the the best of Dusty, but I want to put a thing out to anyone listening: if you know of some really quality Dusty moments that happened in the things that we haven't touched, though, like pretty much anything 1989 to that time he. Uh, managed his sons against the shield battleground 13 which is amazing any which is amazing and when we do the dustin Rhodes episode because we're going to do a gold dust dustin oh, Rhodes episode yes we are 
and we're just going to talk about snap power slams or snap scoop slams and when if you know anything between that that's a dusty match that we should watch and talk about tweet it at us send it to us because whenever we looked up anything of the best of dusty it was all nwa it was all jim crockett stuff yeah and it was usually all pretty much like kind of the same opponents i mean harley flair luger tully horseman guys uh and, and you know big pretty boys yeah the pretty boys like well harley's debatable there but uh you know if you if you can find him having a match against people that don't look like tom Selleck or uh any of your beach blonde chiseled men you know please do send it along because i'm very curious to see dusty in that atmosphere i mean i you know i <laughs> i didn't even know dusty was at ecw until you mentioned it earlier there, uh, yeah. so i'm definitely gonna go look that stuff up because that's do it up. honestly amazing um, just to see Dusty that, and it's cool to think about the fact that there may have been a time where Dusty Rhodes and Paul Heyman could cut promos on each other because, oh, those are how glorious. Those are actually the two best talkers in the history of professional wrestling, probably. Uh, and you know it, that would have been amazing. Anything else that you learned from the Dusty episode? Dusty is just awesome. He just He's is. Great. Du- like that's what I come away with all of this thinking is just Dusty's awesome. Like he's not going to blow you away to, with his wrestling prowess, but the guy just gets it. He gets it in the ring, he gets it with the character, he gets it on the mic. He's the quintessential character guy. He doesn't have to have, you know, a specific character. He doesn't have to be a a, a talking dra- dinosaur. He doesn't have to be like a a masked luchador who who's basically a lizard you know he doesn't have to to be a, a dead guy who you know says rest in peace and hit you with a tombstone power driver he's dusty Rhodes, all american man he's every man, man man's man and he is just gonna go out there do his best kick some ass talk his crap and he's gonna walk out of there with gold whether you like it or not he did a great job at making dusty Rhodes its own gimmick yeah he didn't need a gimmick. He was the gimmick, and he did a lot of good work there. Just, I think it's given me an appreciation for Dusty Rhodes that I didn't necessarily have. When he passed, I was sad because I recognized that the legend of wrestling had passed, yeah. and especially seeing the outpouring of support from, you know, uh, you, see, you saw it in Cody and Dustin. You saw it in the WWE family, uh, reaching across multiple promotions, people saying Dusty inspired them and did great work with them. And I think now seeing him doing the wrestling, seeing him doing the work and and watching some of his promos back really gave me a new lens to see Dusty through. It wasn't just through the appreciation of others. To be able to sit and watch it for myself made it that much better. And I hope that people who are listening will go and watch these Dusty matches and watch these Dusty promos and see the same same thing that we saw. Yeah, if you're listening to this, definitely watch Dusty promos because they are just so fun. And once you watch one, you're just going to binge watch them all pretty much because oh, yeah. they're just so entertaining. And, and before you know it, you're there for an hour and you're just like, what What am I doing with my life? But you're also very satisfied because you're now happy. And you're somehow inspired. Yeah. Like, I want to run you through a wall for w- Dusty right now. And I don't know why. You want to punch somebody. Yeah. Somebody bad, but somebody. Yeah. Um, with that, we're going to wrap up the episode. Javier, where can the people find you on social media? Uh, the people can find me on twitter because it's pretty much the only thing i use uh at j mellow sports that is uh j m e l o sports um 
you know, I'm on there. I, I do a lot of college sports stuff because I am trying to pursue a career in sports journalism. But don't mind that. I do talk about wrestling whenever anyone approaches me about wrestling. Whenever I see something about wrestling that I want to talk about, I will talk about it. Um, so, yeah, if you guys ever want to hit me up there, whether it's a, a DM or, or whatever, I am always down to talk wrestling. So please do so on the socials. You can find me at at Evan Gomes underscore because, like I say, every episode I didn't get there in time to get the one without the uh, the underscore. The guy with the underscore or without the underscore doesn't even use it. It's super disappointing. Uh, you can find the podcast at Crossbody of Work, and you can also email the podcast at Crossbody of Work Podcast at Gmail If you have ideas for episodes, if you have those dusty matches you want us to see, send them to us. Tell us we're losers for not covering them, and maybe we'll do a dusty volume two episode down the road yeah also do not forget to tell me who it was that died 10 12 years ago during the hard times who promo. died i need to know who died we need this <laughs> i need to Somebody know who died smarter than us so we need to know who died and don't say dusty um that's it for cross body work this week uh thanks for joining us and have a, a great rest of your week whenever that is yep i'll see you guys next time we come here on the pipes and uh, i appreciate you guys coming along this journey with us to embody and and memorialize the the great dusty roads thanks for listening baby Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.